Welcome, listener, to episode 100 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. And also... I feel like there should the... be confetti. <laughs> Gandalf, <laughs> right now, three, two, one. <laughs> confetti. T-shirt cannons. <laughs> Not only that is would break this, a uh, camera. episode 100, this is the season finale of season three, a.k.a. You got to draw the yeah. line somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's only been like 60 episodes. Like 60% of this podcast has been season three, but it is the end of the Abraham arc. Now, now hold on now. Like the Abraham arc never ends. In fact, in 2022, Gandalf, we are still living in the Abraham arc. That's like, that's poetry to me. That, that is, like that. that is the argument of the new Testament authors. All right. Is that the Abraham children arc. of Abraham heirs according to the promise. Yes. We're, we're out of the Abraham origin arc. Oh, okay. How Abraham origin arc. Uh, fair enough-ish, but even though he's still alive. What do, you, what do you want to call this next season? I'm going to call it the Patriarch. Ah. The, you like that? The Patriarch? The people, people of the promise. Yeah, people. Oh, hey, yeah, see, there we go. Talking. We can now, get this is, there. This is why we need an editor right there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, it feels good to be at episode 100. It does. We talked about it a little bit last week. But I genuinely did not expect us to make it to episode one. I thought we would get bored around like I, episode five, six. Yeah, that's what I said. You said I didn't expect episode 100. I didn't expect episode four. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when those first three took us forever. Yes. Uh, because we're – and it's, it's crazy. I've gone back sometimes to refresh myself on one of the discussions. And in the first few episodes, it's like we over-talked about what we were going to record. Uh, and it doesn't come off quite as organic. I mean, it's not right. bad content, but it, I feel like the discussions have gotten more organic as we've. Yeah, well, in those early episodes, we didn't have a script, but we did this like very developed outline. Yeah. So we all knew where it was going and stuff like that. It just, in some ways, came across too canned. Yeah. So. Well, that's kind of, that's, as we've developed and kind of like gotten the legs of the podcast, our podcast legs, so to speak, it, it, we've kind of figured out our, our style. It's more conversational, it's less prepared. There is a plan, but it oh, is yeah. not scripted by any means. <laughs> I mean. With all that being said, I genuinely don't know where where are we going today. Are we well, moving, are we finally moving into chapter twenty? Or actually, we are jumping way forward, like way way forward, in an in an effort to deal with the present moment. This is like a Christopher Nolan film, seeing something out of sequence. It's going to make sense when you see something later in the movie. That's right. <laughs> Robert Pattinson walk, comes through walking backwards. That's, that's, exa the, yeah. that's exactly what I was... Uh, that's exactly yeah. the scene hey, I had Did you ever see the movie The Time Traveler's Wife? I did not. Uh, I, I read the book. It's very good. It's very good. Is that like a Nicholas Sparks... Uh, it, it's, it, it's more Nicholas Sparks and not in less tenet. It's, 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 yeah. it's very interesting. So, I mean, this is like a romantic. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Uh, who, I can't remember. What's that actress's name? She, uh, gosh, plays in the notebook. I can't remember. Rachel McAdams. Rachel, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's in it. It's, it's, a, it's a great movie. She'll always be Irene Adler to me from the Sherlock Holmes. Oh, game, yeah, you know. that's right. <laughs> yes, she was good in that, too. But, um, but anyway, the, the point is, is that that movie hops around like crazy because it's a time travel movie. But it, it's not... The whole premise of that movie is it's not intentional time travel. It's all like spontaneous time travel. Gotcha. And the, the story builds off of that. But 
the Bible plays time travel all the time, and it uses these markers to take you back in time to make a current point. Well, and that's, you know, Matt and I were talking to, to some other pastors very recently. We mm-hmm. were in Hattiesburg doing like a, was it a preaching workshop or a Bible study workshop? Hey, it's the guys who say weird things about the Bible. That's kind of our. That's right. It's <laughs> kind we'll of call our it meeting pastors in Hattiesburg because that was very fun. Yeah, it was. We had a good time. Yes. Um, but one of my passions is giving a closer look to the things in the Bible that we're tempted to look over, like mm-hmm. looking at what we typically look over. One of those is genealogies. Right. Because for me, we have the Bible God wants us to have. And so space in this Bible to be included is at a premium. Like, Mm -hmm. why would you waste space if it's inspired scripture? Right. I mean, like that's a big premise. But if if you're on board with inspiration, which is big for me, Mm -hmm. then space is at a premium. Right. Right. And so, man, we we treat genealogies as like less inspired or whatever. So I love breathing life and. Here's what they're doing. And I, I get because we just don't think this way, right? Mm. But for a lot of people, a genealogy is telling a very important story. And biblically, that's very much the case. And I don't know that it's just true about ancient biblical culture. I think in some places in the world, it's still true today. Uh, Gandalf, you perhaps remember when we were in the Holy Land together a few years ago, 2019, and when we were in a restaurant in the city of Jericho. So not just a Bible thing, a Bible land thing. <laughs> yeah, a Bible land thing. And this was not a Jewish family. This was oh, an, this okay. was an Arabic family. Well, that's good. That's interesting. Okay. And it was an Arabic family, which family is huge in Arabic culture, just yeah. like it is in Jewish culture, probably even more so in Arabic culture today. Um, but but anyway, when Tell we... Tell that to Abraham. No, well, no. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's funny. But anyway, going into this restaurant, we're there and we're going to, we've been told, oh, man, the falafels are amazing. You're going to love it. You know, oh, I could go for a falafel. Oh, right so good. But we, <laughs> we go in there and the, the tour guide, Pastor David, that had brought us, wanted to introduce me to the restaurant owner. And they knew each other for years because David has done many tours. And when he introduced me to him, the guy immediately turned and he looked upon the wall where there were three portraits hanging on the wall. And he said, this is my father. And it was a photograph of his father. And then this is, and he said his name and I can't remember it, but then he said, and then this is his father. He didn't say my grandfather, but this is his father. It was another photograph. And then there was a painted portrait next to that. Yeah. Not a photograph, not a photograph. And it was, and then this is his father. We're talking oils or pastels. Yeah, it was oils. Oh, okay. So oh, like for real. Yeah, this for is real. a real portrait. Like this is a real portrait. Yes. Yes. He was holding a sword. All right. And it was, it was, and this is his father. And wow. then he turned and said, and these are my two daughters that were helping there in the kitchen that day. But it was, it was, Hey, if I'm going to tell you about my business, the first thing you need to meet are my father, his father, and his father. This is not just a falafel to me. That, that's right. <laughs> this, this is my family. And these, these are my fathers, and these are my daughters. This is, like the, uh, this is like the Passover meal. Yeah. What makes this meal different? This is, this is not just flatbread that we're eating, right? Mm. Um, so back to the pastor's conference. I, I, your story hits exactly where we're going and, and what I was saying to them. Imagine finishing the Old Testament, cliffhanger, you know, lots of things left unfulfilled. Um, 400 years go by before you have the New Testament. Mm -hmm. You open to page one of the New Testament, and what do you find? 
you find a genealogy. Like, right. did God miss his entrance cue? Mm-hmm. Or is there a lot more to a genealogy? And we've talked about genealogies in, in, uh, in previous episodes, but uh, the, Matthew's genealogy is a good place for us to go it's, to today. It's a good place to go. Now, here's what I want to do, Gandalf, Okay, is we've just left off on the story with Job. And keep in mind, Job. Not Job. Oh, Lot. Lot. <laughs> Forget Job. Another three letter guy. Yeah, another three letter name. <laughs> <laughs> We've just left off on Lot and his two daughters in the cave. They produced two children one Moab, the other Ammon. Ammon or Ammon. And they become the father of the Moabites, Moabites. and the Ammonites. And, and we even floated in the last episode hey, these guys go on to not be such good friends with Israel. That's right. uh, one, of the, one of the big examples from the Old Testament is uh, the book of Numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Numbers starts with a, uh, a census and ends with a census because the generation that went into the land is not the same that, as the generation that came out of Egypt. The last thing that happens, the last culling mm-hmm. uh, of the Exodus generation before the second census involves sexual sin mm-hmm. on the plains of Moab with the Moabites. The daughters of yeah, Moab. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Man, where do we get introduced to that being in the right. family DNA, right? Uh-huh. Like that goes back to this cave in Genesis uh, 19. Well, one of the things that the Bible does do is that as it remembers significant people in the story of what God's doing, whether it's Old or New Testament, is that it remembers them more graciously as time passes. So by the time you get to the New Testament, we've already talked about Lot being declared a righteous man. Like we've talked about before, even though we haven't gotten there yet, is that when you read the story of the kings, whether it be David, Solomon, and then the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah, the story is pretty raw. But when you read the Chronicles, Chronicles yeah. And the Chronicler account is, it's a little more gracious. If you can come up something uh, with something nice to say for Manasseh, you're a, you're a nice guy. You're, 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 a, you're a really, really nice <laughs> That's guy. That's the guy I want eulogizing and, and me and my time funeral. you get to the New Testament, they're just like, oh man, this guy was great. This guy was, ex- this exactly. guy was a hero of the and, faith. And I, I think there's something there for us. I think it's, it's not to say that the bad things didn't happen. They just have a wider angle lens to look mm. at the oh. the long standing impact of what God did through such a person, and there and able- how God redeemed the failures. Not always in yes. the lifetime, but how God used even the negative. God is a much better chess player. I know that's such a limited yes. illustration, uh, but it's it's you know it's the chess player who sacrifices a queen, and you're like, what are they thinking? And then they, you know, Bobby Fisher you, and you're saying checkmate. You <laughs> That's know? right. Like he, God's got a much better game plan than what we can, not only what we can come up with for our pieces, than we could think of if we were watching his pieces, you know? Mm. Um, so before we read this genealogy in Matthew chapter one, Gandalf, it is uh, my point, Nathan's point, this, that God redeems Lot. And it's talked about in this very genealogy. And mm. I want you to tell us if you see it. Okay. I'll okay. Be, I'll be looking. So, Nathan. Just, just look for L-O-T. Yeah. Don't look for job. <laughs> not, not for jo- don't, don't, job. Get, don't get lost in all L-O-T, those. Lot. Don't get lost in all those begats. <laughs> That's right. So, Nathan, why don't you read this for us? Matthew chapter 1 and read the genealogy of Jesus, which is found there. And awesome. let's see if we can find Lot's redemption. The book, oh, and as always, there we go. from the ESV. Sorry, I almost dropped the ball. <laughs> and there. by the way, shout out to the New Testament. We got there. All right. 
done with that. They but, said, but they said we, we could. Yeah, but did we? But did, <laughs> we cheated. That's all right. This is the only way the Better Than the Fiction Bible podcast will get to the New Testament. That's right. Episode 200, uh, we'll uh, do Matthew 2. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, so, Matthew chapter 1, and as always, we are reading from the ESV. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Isaiah, and Isaiah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, and Abiud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Atzor, and Atzor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Akim, and Akim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Mathan, Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. And I should have known I was reading for episode 100 when we knew we were talking about genealogy. Oh, yeah. We're going to let you say all the hard <laughs> it, names. It was not a mistake that we <laughs> Welcome back to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. <laughs> That's right. Back on brand. Okay. So you told me to look for Lot. I, for one, did not see him. I was about to say, I I don't see him here. I miss Unless I'm missing something here. Yeah, yeah. because this is establishing by looking at verse... Number one, Lot, is, Lot's wears Waldo's sweater is not red and white. <laughs> but what does verse one say? That Jesus is the son of David, David, the son, the son of, of Abraham. Abraham. This is that moment in Jericho. This is my father. This is my grandfather. And, and then his, is, his father and his and father and his, his father. father. Yeah. This, is, this is that moment. And so this is establishing a, a line back to Abraham to David the king, Abraham the patriarch. It's establishing the line there. But where is Lot? You see him? I don't, unless one of these people is re- is from his is from his line or something. Okay, so I see a lot of people I recognize. This is let me ask like another question. Here. Are there are several names in here that are not like the others, and it's not the way their name sounds. But it's who they, who and what they are. There are people who are mentioned in here that are not fathers. Do you catch? Did well, you catch? Yeah, I see Ruth. Ah, uh, okay. So we're talking about some women here. Yeah. yeah. But there, so there's and several all the all the women, women have something in common too. Uh, shady nighttime dealings. 
Well, I was, well, I wasn't going there. I wasn't going to a character assault. <laughs> yeah, I, I no. remember them like a New Testament. Shady author doesn't would. have to be your fault. Uh, the uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was thinking uh, the women, the women overwhelmingly until you get to marry are Gentile women. They are. They're non-Jewish women. Um, Samar so, is not a Jewish woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruth is not a Jewish woman. That's right. And also, it's it's neat when, by the way, Bathsheba is not called Bathsheba. Everyone's like Bathsheba is in the genealogy. She is called the wife of Uriah, and Uriah the was a Hittite. Hittite. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, okay. okay, so can just, you say scandal? Yeah. <laughs> so Gandalf, let's let's think here for a second. We've got these these folks here. We've talked about Tamar, Ruth, and Bathsheba, but she's called the wife of Uriah. Mm-hmm. So who? could possibly be connected to a lot of those. Do you remember the Ruth story? Yeah. What kind uh, of person, what nationality, people group, ethnic people group was Ruth? I don't remember, but I don't, let's hold up. This is, this is make Gandalf cut this out. No, <laughs> I'm no, no, that's okay. It's okay. Ruth is a, couldn't help myself. Moabite. That's right. Okay. Okay. So now one of the things that we talked about last episode is how the whole like cave relations drama seems like really shady, but seems to be pointing backwards to another shady relationship that took place after a judgment, which was, you remember that one? Yeah. Talking about ham, we're talking about yeah, the ham trilogy mm-hmm. where something took place in the tent. In the I mountains. love that we just call it the ham trilogy. <laughs> we, we, like they're, they're going to rub out the chapter title and just call it the ham trilogy. <laughs> That's right, ESV. But something took place in between very cr- close relatives. We took a position on what that was, but regardless of what you think that was, it was something in between relatives in the mountains in a tent. It wasn't good. Yeah, while somebody was drunk at night. Mm. All right, so it's. And then fast forward to Lot, there and we the go. same thing, his daughters cause him to get drunk, yes. even though several Jewish interpreters do hold him responsible for his inebriation, and then they lay with him, and they give birth to Moab and Ammon. No, one of the, I'm, I'm glad you point that out, because several Jewish interpreters do hold Lot responsible for being drunk, okay? One of the things I think is a mistake here, because I've read several modern interpretations of this that try to hold Lot responsible for the sexual abuse of his daughters. And I do not think the text really allows for that, because one of the things that Nathan has pointed out over and over again, every time we see the aggressive uh, sexual gratification of taking someone for the purposes of fulfilling your own lustful desires, it has the see, look, take, and that is not here. Mm. And for instance, remind us of the words. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time we saw saw it is in a non-sexual thing. That's Genesis three. Then the woman saw that the fruit was good. Mm -hmm. Tove, delightful to look at, desirable for obtaining wisdom. So Mm -hmm. she took Lakak. Yeah. yeah. And then you see that again with the sons of God and daughters of men in Genesis six. Fast forward, fast forward. You see it with David and Bathsheba. He sees her bathing on the roof. Talked about it in Sodom. Yeah, where they absolutely. Saw the, they saw take. That's it. And wanted to take. That is not mentioned in the story about Lot. And in fact, in Genesis chapter nineteen, verse thirty-three, it said, "So they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father. He did not know when she lay down, or when she arose." Now I know a, a quick pushback on that. Like, oh, come on. I mean, really? That's what it says. But it's what it says. 
And that, the, that, that, that culpability is not on him at that point. The, at least the Bible is not placing culpability on yeah. him. Well, yeah, I'm going to go with what the Bible says. <laughs> well, and again, this, yeah, uh, more could be said on that for the second time. Correct. No, um, but fast forward to Ruth. Like, what Jewish man thinks it's a good idea to marry a Moabite? Were you not reading Numbers 25? Were you not paying attention? And yet, God uses this in a hugely redemptive way. So uh, it's interesting when you get to the whole Ruth thing. Um, so there is this, I don't know how familiar you are, Gandalf, with the story of Ruth. It's a woman who her husband dies. She mm-hmm. goes with her mother-in-law who is Jewish, is Jewish, Hebrew, Hebrew. Yeah. yeah. And she then chooses to stay with her mother-in-law. This woman had two sons, or excuse me, uh, had this, her son had two wives and one wife is sent away and leaves. But Ruth decides there's a beautiful passage out of Ruth one, like, listen, your people will be my people. Your God, my God, like I'm going with you, Naomi. That's her mother-in-law's name. But then what happens is one of the close family relatives, a guy named Boaz, there, there's an opportunity for Ruth to be connected to him. And Naomi gives Ruth some instructions on what to do and how to connect herself. Shady nighttime dealing. Yeah, another shady mm-hmm. nighttime dealing, which doesn't necessarily – don't take shady to mean sinful. Sometimes it's just shady. All right? Yeah. Well, and, some, and sometimes it's a cultural signal. Yes. Uh, in other words, if you're standing out uh, on the side of the road in New York City and you and you hold out your thumb, you're not saying good game. Mm-hmm. I need a ride. You're saying I need a ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can do something and it can, depending on what the cultural signal, you, you could be signifying different things. We, we hear about like the uncovering of the feet. Uh, which could be euphemistic. Okay, well, let's, let me oh, read it. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. There. No, that, that's, that's good. And I want you to talk about that when we get there. But let me read to you the dealings between Naomi and Ruth and what she instructs Ruth to do. Ruth, the Moabite, by the way, with this Hebrew man, Boaz. Right. Okay. This is Ruth chapter 3, verse 1, as always from the ESV. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative, with whose young women you were? Meaning Ruth is actually serving in the same field as the young women that are connected to Boaz and his family. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the flesh threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he is finished eating and drinking. Uh-oh. Go at night. Oh, no. Wait till he's had his fill of drink. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go uncover his feet and lie down. Naomi, what are you saying? She, All right. Na- Naomi's got game. Yeah, yeah, she does. And And he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say, I will do. All right. Nathan's going to help us with some interpretation here. But before we even decide what this means to us, clearly it meant something to them because Boaz is going to know what to do. So if we don't pick up on all the cultural signals, clearly the people in the story are. Mm, yeah. All right. So that's it's important to remember. But this is a Moabite who is a granddaughter of who? Our boy Lot. Yeah. It, all right. Wasn't good. That <laughs> great, came, great, great granddaughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
a that came and the, whose people group is produced by this shady nighttime cave thing with a daughter and a father after he'd eaten and drunk at that's right and now here we are and so I'm gonna I know read, how to I've seen this playbook that's right <laughs> let me read this and then Nathan help us with some language here um, okay, so she went down to the but, threshing floor. But your scandalous topics, guy. Okay, or I'll talk about it. All right. <laughs> so she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, his heart was merry, and he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, who are you? She said, and she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer. Yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he's not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So lots of things. Naomi, remember, girl, take a bath, put some perfume on. You get your best look going on. And then you go lay down next to this man and uncover when his feet. When a man loves a woman. Yeah, yeah. so Nathan, what does we've this mean? We've already had that episode title. Yeah. Have we? Yeah. I sing a lot. Yeah. Um, the uh, Someone said to me, like, that was their takeaway from the show. I was like, dude, you sing a lot. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's right. That's fair. But when we um, read Uncovering of Feet. Yeah, when we think of covering your feet, you think kicking off your Nikes at the end of the day or right. whatever brand of shoes you wear. For them, uncovering, and a lot of Old Testament scholars say this across the theological spectrum, right. say that uncovering the feet is idiomatic for removing his private part. I mean, uh, revealing his... Not removing his, his, not his remo private Not removing, <laughs> revealing... We're not talking castration. Uh, yeah, <laughs> revealing his private parts. That's right. In other words, sending a cultural signal that I am... I am open to being considered as your mate or partner. Right. Um, and this this seems to be heightened not just by what Naomi tells Ruth about, girl, go get yourself gussied up, you know, take a shower. Right. Perfume. You even see this about, uh, you know, when it talks about uh, cover me under your wings. I mean, spread your wings over your servant. The wings, this the same Hebrew word could be used for the corners of your garment. Yes. Like, take me under your covers. Yes. Um, and so it is. there is nothing in the text that exp, uh, that suggests anything explicitly sexual happens. She uncovers uh, him but does not violate him. That's right. Where this is different than the whole cave episode. Yeah. They that's uncovered the exact their opposite. father that's that's it. and then violated him. Uh, and, and, and you might even make the argument. I got into an argument, uh, not argument, discussion. That's right. Uh, with someone about Ruth one time. And, and that was part of my point is I think it's drawing on that imagery precisely to provide a foil here. Something was communicated without being violated. Uh, uh, and you see a redemptive arc in the book of Ruth. Uh, right. Because this will go on. God will use, uh, again, the God of the Hebrews, the God of Israel, will bring this Moabite woman into the fold. And the result of uh, Boaz, and again, they know they're talking about not just backward looking, 
forward-looking. This is David's family. David will have sexual sin from seeing and taking That's something right. that is not his. Uh, so, that will that will generate all kind of problems in the house of David. But you see how the David family is set up by um, a, an in-between type of episode where something is communicated but not violated. And this will result in the birth of Obed, who is the father of Jesse, the father of David the king. So what's interesting is when this takes place in the story, Ruth, when I was talking earlier about people later in history can look back and see a story more redemptively than the people in the current moment, because you see providentially how God worked this out over the long term and what the enemy meant for evil, God is used for good. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is the there is another woman, woman mentioned in the genealogical line, Tamar, who dresses up like a prostitute. We'll get to her actually in not too long. When we talk about three Judah. or four, three or four seasons from now, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Judah and Tamar, and she provides. Isn't that, isn't that Genesis thirty-eight? That is twice in the far. Okay. That is twice as far in the Bible as we are currently. <laughs> that's, that's, Just that's to put true. it in perspective. Hey, we're, we're in Matthew one. Anything's possible. Hey, it's so possible. true. This is episode one hundred. Judah, believe in magic. Judah and Tamar. So Tamar has a shady nighttime dealing with Judah, where she dresses up like a prostitute and he goes looking for a prostitute because he just plants crops and he wants to bless the crop. He's looking for a cult prostitute to, this is not just for the purpose of gratification. This is a religious act as well. And she says here, yeah, um, I'm available. And he didn't realize it was actually his daughter-in-law close family relation. All right. Strange stuff. But here's what's interesting at the end, they produce the line of, of Judah. Okay. And Boaz is from the line of Judah. And what's interesting is when you get to the end of the story of Ruth, when the people are celebrating Boaz and Ruth's marriage, if you look down in chapter 4 and verse number 11, it says, Then the people who are at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. May God make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah. Those are the two wives of Jacob who together built the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephrathah and be renowned in Bethlehem. And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom, here it is, Tamar, Tamar. bore to Judah because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. And I think this is so beautiful. By the time they're remembering the story in Ruth, they're celebrating what Tamar did. Mm-hmm. It looks like a scandal in Genesis, but in the book of Ruth, they're saying, look at what God did. We wouldn't have a story if we didn't have this story. Exactly. So um, you see so many story, redeeming story, redeeming story. Well, so, and again, I, like I said, uh, I think this is also pointing forward to the Davidic, not just pointing back, pointing forward to David, because sexual sin will somewhat undermine or otherwise soil the, the godly reign of David, the man after God's own heart, right? And then... David's son Solomon, precisely through all of the marriage alliances, brings a uh, you know idolatry into the land, of, starting with Pharaoh's daughter. Right, but you know what? There's even one more redemption here. Oh, and and Ruth? No, no, no. That's where I'm David. going. That's where yeah. I'm. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go there? Or? Sure. Let's do that so we can wrap it off. Okay. Uh, or wrap it up here. Um, so, in talking about David, what Nathan's pointing out, the whole idea of sexual sin, and the unraveling of the family, so to speak. So Solomon, his son, has a lot of wives. All right, 700 wives, 300 concubines. 
um, there was a lot of things. Who, really, who's counting after 250? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But remember, before we talk about Solomon, though, Gandalf, how many daughters did Lot have? Two, or, or allegedly two, yeah. or maybe more. Uh, how many, that, that's good. But uh, how many daughters did Lot have children by? Two. 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 Okay, so there, we've talked about the Moabites. What about the Ammonites? Yeah. Can you see descendants of the Ammonites in Matthew 1? I'm sure I can. The way you said that makes me think that I can. That's right. But I'm looking very it's quickly. It's not obvious. <laughs> I can't see, but I can hear, brother. Yeah, that's right. So... So there is something. So the the wife that is most prominently mentioned is Pharaoh's daughter that mm-hmm. Solomon marries. But the only wife of Solomon that we have a name for is a woman by the name of Nama. I'm going to read to you. What can you tell us about Nama? <laughs> That's right. Let me just read this to you. Tell me if anything rings a bell. Okay, I'm ready. Rehoboam, by the way, is Solomon's heir. This is King Solomon beget King Rehoboam. Now, Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was 41 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city that God had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. His mother's name was Nama the Ammonite. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, boy. Uh, Okay, she's, she's the queen mother. She is the queen mother. God bless the king and the queen mother. That's right. She's the queen mother. She is an Ammonite. By the way, her name means beautiful. Nama means beautiful. So I, th- I think to, to wrap she's all tough. of these. Yeah, she's tough. That's right. To wrap all of these things up, if you look in the moment, sometimes it's hard to see beauty. But Jesus is just as much biologically a descendant of Lot as he is of Abraham. Big. Mm, that's big. I mean, we call him the son of Abraham because of the covenantal promise. But he is also a descendant of Lot. Yeah. And a- Abraham may be the oil painting on the wall, but Lot is part of the genealogy. Man, that is so good. Mm-hmm. Now I really want a falafel. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, episode 100, God yeah. redeems and brings. Yeah. Man, there is. So um, it's, yeah, it, it doesn't stop being crazy and complicated here. And then God has to remind me of this so many times. If you. If you assess what's happening in the moment, it will you will always maximize the messiness of what has occurred that you didn't expect, whatever blindsided you. But man, God's got a wonderful track record for intricately weaving those into the beauty of the tapestry in the long term. And that everybody's got stuff. I hope that's an encouragement to you with your stuff. And thinking of the end of Ruth, it eventually gets to the place where you're actually celebrating what happened, not because it was bad, but because it happened, because God used it in such for a way. For good, yeah. Not every, not everything that God allows for you is good. That's right. But God promises he will use everything for good. Amen. Yeah. Good Amen. place to stop. You know what else is good? The Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. hey All 100 episodes. All 100 episodes. <laughs> Listener, if you're watching to the very end, if you're, on, if you're on minute 35 of episode 100 of the season finale of season three, and you have not yet subscribed, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I beseech you in this moment. Subscribe to Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Plus mark on Apple Podcasts, check mark on Google uh, Podcasts, and a heart or a thumbs up, depending on what platform you're on, on Spotify. And if you're one of those weird third-party uh, podcast platforms, whatever that looks like on your end, 
And a heads up for you guys on that in about, I don't know, between five, six, seven episodes from now, you may need to resubscribe. I'm giving you uh, a little bit more than a month. Not on not on Apple or no. Spotify, just if the third party like, If you're on like Overcast or I don't even know the names of these things. There's so many of these little third party ones. Uh, if you're not on one of the big three, you may have to resubscribe in the coming weeks in about, we'll say six episodes, just because we have to do some behind the scenes technical stuff. Don't worry about it. But everything will stay the same. Of course, when he says we, he means him. Me. <laughs> Me. Three hosts, one producer. That's right. <laughs> but hey, guys, it has been a super, super blessing to be able to do all these 100 episodes with you. Some of us have not been there. None of us have been there for all 100. So, <laughs> but for the most part, it's fantastic. And listener, I hope that you have. Except been, uh, for the listener. That's right. <laughs> the only person that has been here. All 100 episodes. Breaking the fourth wall. His listener. Our, our silent fourth person sitting right over there. That's right. <laughs> but please, yes, do subscribe. And more than that, two things we love the most. Number one, tell a friend about the podcast in person. Recommend it to them. A lot of people listen to the podcast because somebody told them about it. Number two, uh, give us a message at our website, betterthanfictionbiblepodcasts.com. Even if it's a complaint or a criticism, we love it all. So... That being said, next week we will continue to inch forward in this grand narrative. Inch forward. <laughs> that's right. And slash rewind because we're going back slash to the rewind. And, and, that, and then like right. today, maybe just go several, you know, several hundred years into the future randomly. But, you that's know. right. But until then, you guys have a great week. See you next time. Shalom. Okay, so now that, that that's done, I missed a golden opportunity in that episode to sing You're Still the One by Shania Twain because it would have been good for... Uh, episode 100 looks like we made it look how far we've come my baby right uh-huh. but it's also talking about romances that were redeemed you're still the one uh anyway this is my existence episode 100 gandalf let's listen to it i just did i just love how the bible is written